the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, we ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Oh God, we ask you right now, God, that you would come in and help the follow grounds of our heart to make preaching, teaching easy and receptible for your people, God. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would con continue, God, to move like you've never done before, God. Oh God, hide me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister to the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. Hallelujah. Alrighty, um, if I was going to bring a topic, it would be, I won't complain. We're going to be in Numbers, the 21st chapter, starting in verse 1 through 9. We're going to be in 2 Kings 18 and 4. Those are going to be the main scriptures I'm coming out of. I may re make reference to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, Exodus 20 and 4, John 3, 14, Hebrews 12 and 2. And I'm going to be talking about something that was occurring in the wilderness. You may be seated. And um, I'm going to give you the definition. And my title is, I won't complain. A lot of times in life, we're going through life and God is doing great and marvelous things in our lives. But we have a tendency to continue to complain. And you're going to find an account here in the Bible where God is going to send some fiery serpents to deal with the people but God had just done a great victory then after the victory or when the times get harsh and tiring tiresome because they'll continue to go around in the wilderness because of their disobedience so a lot of times God has a way of testing us and a way of uh, taking us through trials and tribulations in our life to really for you to see who you really are and we have a tendency to complain. So I looked up the definition of in Wikipedia about complain. It says a statement that it says a statement that a situation is unsatisfactory. You got to understand something. Your satisfactory is different than God's satisfactory. My ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are far off from your thoughts. And a lot of times we're trying to go through trials and tribulations in our lives or situations in our life based on what your mentality is. But you got to understand something. God does not work in an earthly mentality. He works in a spiritual and he backs his word up about what he's saying according to what is in his word and he deals with it in a spiritual nature. Why would you think that we're spiritual beings? You got to understand something because man could not understand what was coming through the words of the prophets of old. God had to put his spirit in a woman so he can deal with you naturally what he's been saying spiritually all the time. And this is still what is happening today. Because my people have failed to come up into a spiritual realm. But it's very interesting that the witches and warlocks work black magic and work magic spiritually to oppress you. But you can't see that. And this is the hour now that you're going to have to get up out of the natural that you can get into the spiritual realm. You got to understand something. First Thessalonians 3 tells us man is three parts. What? Body, soul, and spirit. The second definition of complain is it's a reason for dissatisfaction. 
The third one is what I like. It says right here, the expression of dissatisfaction. A lot of times we're going through the trials and tribulations in life because we're expressing how we really feel that we're dissatisfied or discomforted about some things in our life. And we have a tendency to understand something because you don't understand that you're a spiritual nature and that you're a spiritual being. You don't understand what you're expressing to God spiritually. And we have a tendency, don't understanding these things. So Numbers, the 21st chapter. Numbers, the 21st chapter. The Canaanites was oppressing the children of Israel. So they make a vow to God. And then when God delivers on the vows, then you're going to find out some circumstances and some situations transpire after this. Numbers the 21st chapter. Verse 2. So Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will indeed deliver the, these people into my hands, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And this is Israel's victory over the Canaanites. So they're saying, if you allow us to overcome our enemies, we're going to serve you. So they're making a vow. See, sometimes because you don't understand what you're dealing with, and you don't understand the consequences of when you get yourself backed up against the wall, you start making all of these promises and commitments, but when the devil got you paying to the wall and he's got his boxing gloves out, you forget the promise and then you go into a place that you're murmuring and complaining or you're going back to what God had brought you out of. They left Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. It's something what Pharaoh can teach you when you're under oppression. It says, and the Lord listened to the voice of Israel. Oh, he hears you. Not just what you say out of your mouth, but what you're saying out of your spirit. I won't complain. And a lot of times we don't understand that God keeps his commitment and his promises towards us. He said, my thoughts towards you are not, are not evil but good. But isn't it strange that our thoughts towards God when our back is against the wall is evil? But even in all of that, God is still good and faithful. the Canaanites and they utterly destroyed them and their city. So the name of that place was called, it's a Harma. And that means utter destruction. That's something how God utterly destroyed them. That means it was nothing left. All that God is doing our lives and he has not allowed the enemy to utterly destroy us. But one thing that I'm going to tell you once again, that in the 
this coronavirus situation, you don't understand what your spirit is saying to God. So God understood that the church before Corona was ungrateful. So he said, I'm going to send a plague in the land. Verse 4. It says, then they journeyed from Mount Hur by the way of the Red Sea to go around, it says, around the land of Edom. Hear me out. They went by the Red Sea. They didn't cross through the Red Sea because God knew they weren't ready to be baptized. So God will take you around somewhere and let you look at it. But you won't be able to possess it. Because at this point, Joshua and them hadn't come forth now. You got to understand what is going on. They, God destroyed the land before they can occupy it. The enemies. Look at what I'm saying. God had already done some great things for them. They had already crossed over to something, but yet they were able to look at it, but they couldn't go back, and they were still murmuring and complaining. And you got to understand something. Even though God brought them out of the land of Egypt and destroyed their enemies, but they still found fault with God and Moses. See, it's not about complaining against Moses. God, it ain't about that. I can complain about Sister Boy Bad all day long. Oh, but when I complain about God, that's a whole nother level of disrespect. You need to see what is going on. God had brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. They were under oppression. And a lot of times you don't understand the person that's oppressing you, the person that's beating you down, you have a tendency to not to realize that their spirit is getting in you. Why? Because there's a spirit of grudge, hatred, unforgiveness. So there's a dynamic of spiritual warfare going on. And I become like my oppressor. I become like the one that I did wrong and did me wrong. And I didn't understand where it came from. I won't complain. Let's go on down. I want to tell you something. When we are in the storm, we start murmuring and complaining. See, this is what kept them in the storm longer than they should have been or in the wilderness. Even though you're in the wilderness, God is still providing. He's meeting your needs. And that word, it didn't say that he was giving you over and abundant. How can I bless rebellion and a high? I just supply your bare minimum needs. You got a house. You got water. You got rent. You got food. That's all you're going to get. And the clothes that you wore for the last two years, God said, I'm going to keep your weight down, and you ain't got to buy no more because you're living on bare minimum. Why are so many people in the wilderness and they're looking for the overflow, the overflow, the beyond blessing? No, you get bare minimum. And God said, because you blinded, he says, I'm going to let a cloud. 
Africa and because your mind is scorched and on fire by the enemy, I'm going to allow a cloud to lead you by the day. Because I understand that your mind can't take too much. So too much heat on the brain will destroy it. I won't complain. You need to see this. And another thing that God spoke to me. Sometimes God takes you the long way around something. See, you need to understand God knows what he's doing. Sometimes you have to be dealt with. And that's a process because the first time in the storm, that bike may not come up. But let me stay there in the wilderness a little while longer. I'm going to cuss you, fight you, and then all the niggament is going to come out. Because I'm under pressure. Things have kindled. You need to see what's going on here. So God's got a process. And this right here takes time sometimes because we get in the fix and we get our backs against the wall. We want God to bring us out just like that. But if you haven't noticed, it's easy to get in, but it's hard to get out. Because of the process, God is trying to deliver you from the wrong in you. In this process, the true you comes out. And you don't have no control over it. See, that's why in the wilderness, God controlled everything. Isn't it strange they went from a control from Moses to a control from God, but yet they still had Moses' I mean, uh, Pharaoh's ways in them? They still had Egypt in them. And God couldn't deliver them the way that they wanted because it was a three-day journey. Some of you should have been in this storm for three days, and now it's three or four years. You need to see what this is about. Verse 4. It says right here, to go around the land of Eden and the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. I was discouraged in my storm. It looked like God had forsaken me. And sometimes because I'm so discouraged, I start to murmur and complaining. And I don't see the blessings that's right there in front of me because my eyes are blinded by my desires and my dislikes and my comfort. So I'm so discouraged. I'm so dissatisfied. And they don't understand the enemy was playing with their mind. Isn't it strange how the enemy plays with our mind? Somebody can give you a box of food and you're going to find something wrong with it because you're in a storm. So I, I'm, I'm used to craft. And they're giving me Walmart bread. So we get into a place. The enemy started working with their minds. You act like the enemy just got here. He's been here for years. Huh? You got to remember Isaiah said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Huh? You got to remember he's already king of this earth. But I won't complain. Verse 5, Numbers 21 and 25. It says, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? 
for there is no food and no water, and our soul lost their, it says, worthless bread. What God has given them, our soul don't want this worthless bread. What you supply me is not good enough. But that's the way we are because the enemy got our mind and we twist the blessing of God. We twist the word of God and that's why you cannot command anything in the earth because how can you man riches from the earth when you're in Satan's territory and you don't have the power of God? I won't complain. So some of us are in the land of Egypt and you're trying to command Pharaoh to feed you. Because the God that's in your heart is the God that you serve. And we have a tendency to be in a storm and so ungrateful. That's when the madness come out. The anger, the frustration, huh, and everything that's wrong with everybody else. Huh. But God said, I showed you everybody else so you can see what's inside of you. But a lot of times we don't want to see that. Huh. So the enemy keeps us, our mind and our spirits going because we don't understand why are these crazy people around us. Because you're crazy. When you get set free and delivered, you're not going to have a taste for crazy. You're going to have a taste for holiness. And God said, I'll put you around what's in your heart. But I won't complain. Even in my wilderness experience, God is sending warnings. Moses is constantly going before God. And we're sitting there in a place that we don't understand. It ain't for you to understand. The Bible says all understanding and wisdom comes from God. How can you look within and you've got all kind of emotional turmoil going on? You've got to look up into a higher place. And the people was in a place they could not do that. And it's strange, these next things that's going to that's gonna acquaint in the scriptures is the fact that God gave them something that represented what was in their heart. He said, because you don't see me in the spirit, I'm going to give you something that's on the statue that you can recognize. But God said, because you're not spiritually minded, I'm going to give you something that you can recognize. And when you look upon it, it's going to be really me, but you're going to see the image that's really working inside of you. And you got to see this. Why have you brought us out of this, out of Egypt to die? In this wilderness. Verse 6. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people. And many of the people of Israel died. We're talking about verse 6 now. God had to send a plague just to muzzle them and to humble them. You need to see what's going on here. And the people now are still complaining. Not everything is about who going to get the shot, who ain't going to get the shot. It's the, the enemy keeps it going. 
It keeps confusion. It keeps backbiting. It keeps all of these things going in our lives. And we have a tendency, don't understand what is going on. We have a tendency not to understand how the enemy continues to deceive us. You got to understand something. Deception gets deeper. It doesn't get lighter when you're under the grips of the enemy. So the Lord sent fiery serpents. Because it was Satan beguiling them. Just like he did with Eve. Whispering something in the head. So God had to give them something that they could recognize to deliver them. Because they didn't want to receive or recognize it was him. So it's something how God will send a blessing your way. You don't see God, you see whoever's handing you the blessing. But it's really God. And so we're going to see, then we have a tendency to worship that person. But we're going to go into 2 Kings for that. But look at this. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. They started confessing their sins. See, in the middle of the heat of the battle, the truth comes out when it could have been dealt with on the first day. It's like we want to hold on to things instead of coming out with the truth. We'll hold on to a lie because the lie seems like it's covering us. But it's not. It's only causing the snake bite to be greater. Because God knows how to humble you. God knows how to deal with you. And you want God to bring you out of a storm. God said you're not even ready yet. You ain't got delivered. You haven't even gotten set free. You haven't even acknowledged your ways. Because we're so busy trying to cover. But look what God had to do. For we have spoken against the Lord and Moses. It says, pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. I want to tell you something. This is what God dealt with me about this morning. He said they hardened their hearts with God and Moses. Because complaining causes you to harden your heart. And you got to understand something. You got the body. You got the soul. What lies in the soul is your emotions, your feelings. So they heart became hardened. The more you talk against something in a negative way, your heart becomes more hardened with it. Because every time you're speaking it, you're speaking that word into existence. You're speaking that thing into existence because you don't understand that death and life lies in the power of your tongue. So a lot of times you're going through the trials and tribulations and you're speaking negative things and it's causing your heart to be shifted and to be reshaping from out of the figure that God has made because a heart is really not shaped like we think it is on Valentine's. you got to understand something. A heart is shaped totally different. And see, that's because when we think about our heart, we think about that picture that happens on Valentine's. But that is not the real heart. It's strange how the lies and the deception that's in our mind. And we think that nothing is evil in our heart. Even though Jeremiah said the heart is deceivable above all things. Who can know it? I said the Lord. I test the heart and the mind. And you don't understand why you're being tested. 
Everybody is going through a level of test. Everybody's in a level of transitioning to something. Either you're transitioning from this to something else, or you're being transitioned downward into a greater um, um, demonic attack or more hardened state. It's how you go through the storms. Because the longer you stay in the storm, the harder your heart goes, and you go into a digression. Because we have not acknowledged it. When you truly acknowledge who you are and what you're really about in God, that's when God's really start dealing with you. But the church has been so conditioned to be fake and phony. And that's why when you come here in the presence of God, you present your fake and phoniness and not a realness. And do you want to know why all of these things are going on? Why I'm not growing? Why I'm not moving in Christ? Because God said that your heart is not conditioned. You have not come into the place of repentance. You have not come into the state and understanding who you really are in Christ Jesus. And therefore the enemy still has a stronghold over your mind and you continue to digress in God and you continue to do 40 years in the wilderness and God says, I'm going to let you you died there because you have failed to come up and I tried many a time but yet you have not allowed me to deliver you. You have not allowed me to bring you to greatness and, and destiny that I've already ordained for your life. You sit and stay in this state of complaining and murmuring and you want to know why the enemy gets a stronghold not just in you but in your children. Now it's getting down in your grandchildren and you asking the Lord why I pay my tithes and offering but God said you didn't do it willingly. I won't complain. When I still think that the man that beat me in my head and the girl that cussed me out and slept with my best friend, I still think that I want to go back to them because that state of mind and consciousness that they were in because of the wilderness, they started thinking about Egypt and they were up on a hard taskmaster. Isn't it strange when you get in the wilderness and out of there in the situation, God got you by yourself dealing with you, you'll start thinking about what was bad in your life that God brought you out of. I won't complain. But when I was in Egypt, I was praying and fasting for God to send a deliverer. Huh? And then he raised one up, huh? defeated all of the nine gods and the plagues that was in Egypt. Huh? And then now God brings you into the wilderness, pass you by the Red Sea. And then you have a tendency to understanding that your understanding is not what God wanted. And then you want to turn and renege on your promise and go back to something worse. You got to understand something. We're just like dogs returning to our vomit. And that is a filthy, nasty thing huh? when God is trying to clean us up. I won't complain. God is in the business of washing us, setting us free. But we don't want that. We continue to want something else. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. I want to read this to you. And before I read this, God knows us better. He's just trying to teach you, you. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able? Oh, but we make all kind of sin. And the first thing is the devil made me do it. Keep listening to Red Fox, he did God is not going to tempt you beyond what you can handle. 
So whatever sin that you fall into, anybody that's got the spirit of Christ, God deals with you. Even if you just say God will deal with you and have red lights going on, but because your spirit is so locked into what your will and what you want and you want to be satisfied because we don't like to be dissatisfied, we'll cave into it and we continue to think that that thing that we continue to fall into is going to bring us strength. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The more you continue to do sin, the weaker you're going to get. Your first task and opportunity being strong is when God, when the devil first presents it to you and you say no. And then you turn away from it. But you continue to fall in and fall in. You are going to be weak. And how can a weak person bring itself up? How can two fall in a ditch and think they're going to bring somebody else up? And they both down there at the same time. How can you hang around somebody weak huh, and think that they're going to help you? They're only going to give you the crumbs huh, and the loaves and all of this kind of stuff. Huh? You got to understand something. Huh? Just like the man that was by the pool of Bethesda. Huh? The prophet said, hey, seven go out of hell. But such as I do have, I give you the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And that was the power of Christ. That resonated inside of them. You need to understand something. Why you keep looking for Pharaoh to continue to give you more. And he's not going to give you more. You're going to continue to stay weak. As long as the people was in Egypt, they were weak. Why couldn't they deliver themselves? All of them people. Why couldn't they? There was more people out there in Goshen than it was in Egypt. They could have did uprising. They were making everything. A king don't make nothing he receives. Why they didn't get up and run up out of Egypt? You need to understand what's going on. I won't complain. Verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on the pole. You got to remember it was thousands of people that was under this plague. And to give you a greater revelation, that's the snake on the pole is a representation of, of the medical people. Y'all know that. Even though they're looking at the hospital and the doctors to deliver them, but in the end, it's really God. A pastor said, why are they getting all of these shots? And they still got to wear a mask. So the plague was in thousands of people. But you got to see Moses didn't have it. And I'm going to stand right now and say his family didn't have it because they were protected. See, because the head of the household holds the protection. Or they holds the downfall. It says, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten When he looks at it, shall live. And I told you God had to give them something they can recognize. Because God didn't have to use that. God could have just waved his hand and sent an angel. 
Because the people's minds were so not prepared for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and his fullness and power. That's the way it is. Now, when you look at the world, the world is not prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Because they're looking at something else to deliver them and make their lives comfortable. So God has to deal with us with common stuff that we can recognize. But we get attached to that thing that we see. And we stay there and continue to worship it and make it our idol. And you're going to find out this is what the children of Israel did until Hezekiah had to come in and deal with it. Nahashtah. See, we get stuck in a place psychologically that only God can deliver us. And when God starts showing us glimpses of where we are, we want to turn our head and say, that's the devil. Oh, don't let God send a prophet. Oh, that is a devil. That ain't speaking to me. God don't tell you nothing. God don't tell you bad stuff. He don't prophesy bad stuff to you. That's what they say. But Jeremiah 1 and 10 tells you differently. And this is what we do. We sit in the house of God in such a rebellious state. But you don't put on another mind and Christ is looking to bring you out. And he cannot recognize who you are. Because you're a serpent. your nature, you're going to swear it's not you, but it is. And see, we want to, then we want to make all kind of complaints about it. God don't send no prophet like that, and God don't speak like that. God said, your head is hard. Your spirit is stubborn. I'm sending you something that's going to break it and make you think. Because you think you're innocent all day long. You think you're righteous all day long. You don't even see the sin. You don't even see the snake that's wrapped around you. That's oppressing you. Keeping you down. You wouldn't even cry out for, for deliverance. You want to sit here and sing a bunch of songs and going back home with the devil. And he said, guess what? Then he's going to give you a worse headache. And guess what? Tylenol is can't cure it. Huh? Laying down can't help it. Because huh? God said, I told you to get delivered. Huh? So when you done left out of here on the church grounds, huh? there's a devil out there that's going to bang your head even more because huh? you got the air territory and you didn't get what you needed to fight the enemy. And he says, guess what? Because you're on my territory and you went up there on the devil's, on the God's territory and land and he getting what you need. He said, then I'm going to give you a worse of whooping. So you were up two nights, now you up three nights. But you went in the house of God, double-minded, split-minded, one foot in, one foot out. And you want to know why God is allowing Satan to attack you. He said you're still under the influence. Satan don't be doing this to people that sold out in God. And this is what it's going to take right now. If you got, you're going to have to have a faith in God and a trust in God that is not in the people. Because they have not been taught to war. They have not been taught to go through. And we don't understand why the enemy is tormenting us like this. And we say that we say and we say we're born again. 
You want to know why there's no change. You want to know why there's continue one episode after another. There's no victory. You want to know why these things are continue to go on in your life. Because you continue to seek after the things that you want to seek. And never surrender your heart and your mind over to God. And you're being double-minded. That's hot and cold. How can it come out of the same fountain? You want to know why God is continuing to allow the enemy to take and grab a hold of you. Because God is trying to deal with you. So he puts you and places you in situations where he has to allow the enemy to turn the one over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh that his soul may be saved. Because we're so fleshly. Let's go on down. Numbers 21 and 9. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole, and so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. And this is how God saved thousands. But before the serpents, God made the serpent on the pole. There was many that died. And you got to be glad that God has given you a second chance. Corona has killed thousands. And God is giving you a second chance. What are you going to do with it? Because you never could have been called. But you want to continue to go through life the same way and complaining and murmuring. And God allowed the, a certain generation to die in the wilderness. God allowed a certain people to die from the snake bite. You better change your ways. You need to come out of this place of always murmuring and complaining and changing your heart, allowing God to really get the depths in the soul of your heart that there's a change from the inside out. You so busy trying to dress up the outside and never worry about the inside. God is concerned about your soul. Your flesh is going to go back to the earth, but your soul is going to be raptured up with Jesus Christ. Second Kings. The bronze serpent had been preserved for 800 years. The serpent that Moses created to save the people out there in the wilderness had been preserved for 800 years. And we're going to find out that we, you got to understand something. This, your body, there's a mechanism in you that you that is designed in us that we have to worship something. You ever notice this? We have to look up to something. We have to have faith in something. That's something supposed to be in Jesus Christ, but we make it in everybody else except besides him. There's something in you that's born and has a desire to worship and to look up to something. That is in you. So, this is what is going on. 2 Kings 18 and 4. But I'm going to read verse 3. 
a king that had a lot of zeal to tear down the altars in the high places. So, 2 Kings 18 and 3. And it says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. And this is the spiritual evaluation of Hezekiah. Hezekiah is in the land. He's doing some evaluating. He's doing a spiritual evaluation. You got to get into a place in your life that you do some spiritual evaluations. You got to get into a place and see all the high places, all the adultery that's inside of you. One of the things that if you notice, the world is full of idolatry. How can you be in Babylon, the system that which we live in, which that's why you have a social security number, and they track everything that you say and do? This is a system. This is a corporation. America is a corporation. I call it Babylon. Babylon was full of all type of adultery and worship. you live in wants a piece of whatever you have because the system was built on principles of God but it was derived by the enemy Satan didn't have nothing everything that he got the knowledge from God so he builds his system the way God has his system in heaven that's why when I see everybody, these scientists and all of these people, the government, they have a Nimrod spirit. When you understand the spirit of Nimrod, I'm not talking about him building the Tower of Baal, but I'm talking about the spirit of Nimrod trying to be like God, always duplicating, always trying to reinvent what God has already placed in the earth. Just like I told you, Egypt was in the people because they were subject to that strong taskmaster, Pharaoh. So you got to understand something, what the government has done, and it controls everything. It's in us. I don't care how much you jump and shout, how many times you sing. That don't mean nothing. Are you evaluating your soul? Are you constantly evaluating your spiritual position in God? How can the thief come in and overtake you if you if you already got a security system? Alarm or something supposed to go off. Why does he continue to break in and take all of the things that you worked hard for? There's something in the system, not the thief. There's something in you that continues to allow the thief to come in and take all of your good. You got to understand something. Pharaoh didn't say, come here, give, give me your best loaves of bread. He demanded it. And the church has a problem with evil and demon. But yes, Steven Spielberg makes it very clear. And the thing about it is, you don't understand. If you're in Pharaoh, you eating his food and everything else. Demons are already out there in the food. Even though the children of Israel was out there creating and fixing, because they worked in Egypt. So they took some of the food home. It wasn't the best because Pharaoh got the best of everything. So if I'm working for a hard taskmaster, I'm, I'm a partaker of that. He's raping me of my labor, and he's demanding the best that 
can produce. And he gives me what he wants me to have. So when I go back to Goshen, I'm cooking it up. Some of you saying, well, what are you talking? Well, you're coming in here, you're going back home with the same situation. Because you have not learned that you're still a partaker because you need to be delivered. You need to be set free by the power of God. That's the only way a demon will leave you. It ain't going to leave you by you paying your tithes and your offering and singing some church hymns. You got to be delivered by the set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. You got to understand something. Jesus Christ came and the book of Acts wouldn't have manifested if it wasn't for the power of Jesus Christ. God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sin. He put his spirit in a woman because they couldn't have been no other way that he could come in human form. That's the way he had ordained it. He could do whatever he wanted. But this is the way that he chose that the people can recognize something that was handprinted because how would the disciples be following a spirit? That's why he had to put himself in a man and become a man to represent the second Adam in which was happening in the Garden of Eden from the first Adam that sinned on the world. He reduplicated what was already here. Satan was already here. He knew Satan was in the people. That's why he had to go in and create himself in a serpent. Because all those that looked, uh, there had to be some powers. Uh, there had to be an anointing to flow out for everybody to see it. Would you open up your spiritual understanding? There was a power. And because that power was in the earth, even though God left it, it still had power. That's why when the prophet died and that's put a dead body in the body, in the tomb, he came alive. worshiping it with incense because the power was still there it just it contaminated that's why a pastor or a five-fold ministry can fall the power don't leave it just get contaminated so now they start worshiping what God had done to heal and bring deliverance to them this is what is happening now. That's why it's so easy for us to do. This is what is going on now. And a lot of people are going to, that's why if you notice, I notice like it's like my mom when she got older. Anything the doctor says she believed. Why? Because fear set in. When fear sets in, it takes over. So I don't know what you think that fear is going to just come, go in and out. No, fear stays there. Now that cussing demon you had comes in and out, but that fear stays there. Some demons are, are omnipresent, they can go in and out, but some demons stay there, the house. Because why would God allow the, 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 Satan, excuse me, Satan would be crazy to let all the demons leave. Because why would he, if he did, why would it be a doorway if they can come in and out? It's got to be something there to keep the door flapping in and out. So some demons stay there. Because it keeps it going. Second Kings. Verse 4. He 
removed all the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden images and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Do you see this? And I want to tell you something. It doesn't tell you when they started worshiping it, but it was there for a long time. You got to understand something, sin, it's, it may start off slow, but it's really powerful. And, and it starts off, because I'm going to tell you something, if you've ever been bowling, you swing that thing, that little bit of ball, it hits all the long things down there, but it got, got some force behind it. To give you an example of sin, it travels. Like you at the bowling alley. And you got to understand, you continue to play with it. So sometimes it may knock down two coins. Sometimes it may knock down all of them. And this is what we don't understand. Second Kings 18 and 4. For unto those, it says, for unto those days the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nahashtin. Let's talk about Nahashtin. The name means piece of brass. That's what Nahashtin means. And Nahashtin should be a powerful reminder to us all that even good things and good people can become, it says, idols in our lives. They literally made it a whole nother thing in which it was intended. Isn't that what the men and women have done for the gospel of Jesus Christ? And you know what? Don't even blame the five from ministry. Let's look at you. Because you've made it all about blessings. Isn't that what the church has done? Uh, if you got the blessing or the nice car, the nice home, oh, you got the favor of God. Huh? And let somebody else have something lesser. You're not as blessed as me. And the Satan brought a division in the church. Not everybody broke. Not everybody about to lose everything. God's got a way of leveling the fields. Look at what is happening in the earth. There's a shifting that is happening in the spiritual realm and you're stuck against the wall murmuring and complaining and forgot about the promises that you have made to God. Now the day is coming for reckoning. He's looking for you to fulfill what you say that you're going to fulfill. And that's something about God. He'll turn your blessings to rags and you wake up one day, your whole life will be different. See, the bank will give you, what, 100 days to get it right? Oh, no. Mm -mm, God don't work in earthly ways. 
He do earthly things to get your attention. When God starts moving in the situation, that's it. Ain't nothing you could do. You go somewhere and cry and repent, sackcloth and ashes. Why continue to hold on to tradition? And tradition is not making things better. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had a problem with Jesus Christ healing on the seventh day. He came to break the Sabbath. He was the Sabbath. They couldn't recognize it because of tradition. So I'm going to be like this because my mama. I'm going to be like this because my daddy. Oh, that's just, that's an our bloodline. That no intentions to come up higher. You done already sentenced yourself to generational curses. It's what we establish in our heart. In the fibers of our being. But yet, you go back home and you come to tell them, they still complaining. Then you come up here with your friends and God got to show you at a picnic. You got some look in your hand that you just like, babe, your auntie Ray Ray. See, you don't see what you look like because you moved away from it. See, they moved away from Egypt, but God had to show them Egypt was still there and they looked just like it. I won't complain. And it's time now for us to change. It's time now for us to really come up. Now this next level of God is going to be the true worshipers. That's going to worship him with a hundred or with one dollar. Isn't it strange? All these parents about their children and everything, and the children don't even value what you don't bought them. Don't even value you. And God said, why are you getting mad at them? You do me the same way. You don't value me. Oh, but it, see, but it's different because of your perception. We got to get rid of this and get the mind of Christ. We really got to get the mind of Christ. You cannot serve the mind, the mind that you think it is. But you got to get that Bible and look and see. Is it a mirror of anything that's reflecting that's going to cause you to change and repent? I don't care what pastor get, talk to you, preach to you. You get in the word for yourself. Get your, before you can even have a revelation, you got to have some type of mindset that you want to serve God. Because you can have your own way. You can have your own thoughts about some things. But they don't make it God. They don't make it a revelation from God. How can you have a revelation and your heart is still full of a whole lot of stuff that God has dealt with you? That God is cutting people off and God is judging old sins. And look at what is happening now. You need to see what is going on. I'm going to go to Jude. We were talking about this on Wednesday night. But you, Jude 1 and 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith. 
Praying in the what? Spirit. Flesh, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. I'm going to say this. In the same way, sometimes God, sometimes good things become idols and therefore must be destroyed. Exodus 20 and 4. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water under the earth. But see, when we talk about marine spirits, oh, but Disney's can make about um, a, a mermaid. See, it's how he presented it to you. And one thing about men, we're always looking for cutting edge stuff. So we're always looking for them. So that's why the music, music industry, that's why the uh, entertainment industry, that's why all of these things can always beguile us. Why do you think it's no more leave it to beaver, no more home, no more Bill Cosby? I don't care what Bill Cosby did. He made a generation of family. But now, they teach you to have two or three wives. They teach you to have threesomes. They teach you it's okay to have a, a side man, a side woman. They teach you to buy all of these expensive stuff that you can never pay for. Look at what they're teaching you on TV. They teach you that whatever you have is not enough. More, more, more. What? Adultery. They teach you to worship things. They teach you to be dissatisfied with your body. Look at what they're teaching you, adultery. So that man can worship your body. So that woman can worship your body. They teach you. Pansexual, transgender. Look at what they're teaching you. That's why you can go in the bathroom. You may find a man or woman there now. Look at what they're teaching you. what is happening. The, mu the Christian music industry has really been gone for years. But it took the pandemic to really expose what they're really doing because they're putting all their business out there for y'all to look at. Ain't no more holiness. Ain't no more righteous living. I want to be like the Kardashians. I want to be like the J-Lo's. Can't keep no man. Can't keep no marriage. You're not good enough. You don't bring in enough money. But yet he loves you to death. Taking care of it. Washing dishes.
But no, I want the 100,000 plus. Why you can't have a nice car like your, your friend? I'm a college student. I, I, college is more important to me than working at the Ford plant, getting some quick money. I can't wait for you. Bye. My career. Look at what is happening. Then you got all of these children being birthed out in, in a situation that, that they don't really want the child. And you want to know why they, they feeling unloved? Why they rebelling against you? Like I tell people here, it ain't about buying clothes and shoes, but are you showing love? But look at these. John 3, 4, 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Now he's the one that we need to be lifted up to. That's who we need to be looking up to. He's that serpent that's going to heal the plague and that's in the land. He's the one that whosoever believeth in him shall not what? Perish. That means you're going to survive. But you got to know that God kept you here for a reason. Not for you to be sad, down, and depressed. He's giving you a second chance. You didn't have to wake up this morning. And if you did, do you think that you were ready? They used to sing a song, are you ready? When Jesus comes. I thank God that he spared me one more time. But have eternal life. Anyone who is bitten by the cares of this world, if they look to Jesus, they shall be saved. I don't care. Look at all these other people that caught corona. Ain't nothing happened to them. It ain't nothing in the air. It ain't in these masks. It wasn't your time. When your time come, I don't care. Nobody holds the keys to death, hell, and grave but Jesus Christ. The doctor give up on people every day, and they still here. That time, that number, that train hadn't come down. That chariot of fire hadn't come up to scoop them up like he did Elijah. And I'm going to tell you another revelation, and I'm going to close it. Everybody ain't going to be able to touch death. They're going to, some of us, going to get scooped up like Elijah did. So you think before the second coming of Jesus Christ, everybody's going to be dead? But are your children going to be translated? 
I won't complain. I pray that something's been said and done in Jesus' name. Amen.